Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. I don't know about you, but when they said that we could not go for the last two Sundays, there was a void in my life. There was a something missing. It is nothing like coming over to the house of the Lord and praising the Lord. And we didn't even have Zoom because we couldn't get to the church to broadcast it. It was troubling at best. Praise team. Wonderful job today. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for our praise team. If you think about that last song, if you understand that that song is scriptural, all things work to the good for those who love the Lord and are called to his purpose. And folks, I had to tell myself that this week. I had to tell myself that the last two weeks. I don't know about you, but it has been a tough couple of months here. We are yet struggling, and it seems like we're under attack at every turn. And this virus won't go away. And every time I talk to my mother, somebody is sick, somebody is dying, or somebody has died. So it is a struggle when you are trying to carry on. But I have learned in my short time that I need to stay focused. I need to keep my eyes on the hills which is coming my help and my help coming from the Lord that has kept me sane in the last few months, that has kept me on track, that has kept me, as they say, in my right mind in the last few months. Because there are a few times that I thought I just might lose it. Let me stay focused on my assignments. And my assignment is to preach the word. And before I start crying, I'm going, I'm going to focus on that. There's nothing in all the earth or in the heavens above like our God. So God, I thank you for this moment, this time, this place to preach your word. I thank you for choosing me in this moment. I may have had my struggles, but you say, I got you. So thank you, Lord. I'd like to take this moment to thank my church family um, because I hadn't had the moment to do that. As some of you know that my mother was ordained in December and the church sent cars. The church congratulated her. The church prayed for Linda and I traveling all the way there and we were gone for 10 days and I love my wife because even though she loves her mother-in-law, she was with her mother-in-law for 10 days. So I thank my wife for being a trooper and not complaining one time in those 10 days. Linda, I love you. Thank you for that. And as always, I thank my pastor for this opportunity. Uh, Folks, I don't know about you, but I've been a few places and I've gone a few places, but there is no one like Classy Preston. There is no one. 
There is no one like Classic Preston. And quiet as it's kept, they don't make pastors like her anymore. So, so Pastor Preston, we love you. We appreciate you. We don't have the words to say thank you. But just know we are always praying for you. And we appreciate everything that you do for us on a daily basis. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this moment, this time, this place. Thank you for imparting a little knowledge in me. But in this moment, this is all about you and not about me. So hide me behind the cross. Let the people focus on you and not me. And give a word just for your people, Father God. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. On Monday, January 17, 2022, we celebrated the 36th time, for the 36th time, the Dr. Martin Luther King National Holiday. And on Tuesday, we will be starting the celebration of Black History Month. However, over the last few years or so, I have become increasingly concerned that in some ways we've turned Dr. King into a caricature. We spend all the time talking about the dream, but no fidelity to the dream. We like quoting the dream, but we don't want to do the hard work to make the dream come true. People who are antithetical to the dream and what the dream stands for want to quote the dream to deflect from their bad behavior and bad policy. We are quick to quote the part of the speech where Dr. King says, I have a dream that my little four children will one day live in a nation where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But when it comes to changing policies around education, policing, and voting that continue to discriminate against people based on color, we are found mute. I am concerned that we have turned Dr. King's words into meaningless platitudes because we are quick to quote the dream in this line when it says, I have a dream one day down in Alabama with just vicious racism, with his governor having his lips dripping with interposition and nullification that one day right in Alabama, little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as brothers and sisters. Some people are now trying to say that King's dream is all about unity at all cost. I'm here to tell you that's not true. We miss the part of the speech that says that our founding fathers were signing a promissory note which created the declaration, when they created the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that was an heir to every American. We don't quote the part of the speech that says, and instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given black people a bad check, a check that has come back marked insufficient funds. I guess since most of us don't write checks anymore, we don't realize that that check is still bouncing and coming back marked 
insufficient funds. I am ultimately concerned because we behave like Dr. King only wrote one speech and that he was a one-hit wonder. We don't seem to know, remember, or teach that Dr. King wrote five books and delivered up to 450 speeches in a year for a number of years. We don't recall that in Memphis he talked about the sanitation workers having a living wage. We apparently never knew that he challenged and spoke out when our government's foreign policy attacked and mistreated people of color around the world. Most of all, I'm concerned that we have lost, forgotten, or not understood the most important lesson from Dr. King. Our vision has apparently become blurred and unfocused. The main lesson from Dr. King is the same lesson that God was trying to teach us when he called Abram out of Ur and later changed his name to Abraham. The lesson for us is to see clearly. If we look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Abram was called by God to shed his old identity, his security, and everything that he had knew and planned to be used by God. God had a vision and a plan for Abram. However, Abram had to be obedient for this plan to come to fruition. Dr. King, like Abram, had to listen to God's plan for his life and not his own. Dr. King, like Abram, had to listen when God said, you're not supposed to be a lawyer, you're not supposed to be a doctor. See, originally Dr. King had his eyes set on a different plan. He didn't want to be a minister like his father. But God said, not so fast. He said, I'll send some people to advise him. He sent people like Benjamin Mays to advise him otherwise. So where am I going with this, folks? Point number one, you can't see clearly in your life until you embrace God's vision for your life. Embracing God's vision helps you focus on God's priorities and not your own priorities. What we know is, is that Abram's father was originally supposed to go to Canaan with them, but he settled in Haran and died there after living 205 years. But then at the age of 75, Abram left his father's house, all the security, all the protection that that entailed, and headed for Canaan. Here's the question. How many of us are willing to leave everything we know and start over in a new land at 75? How many of us, like Dr. King, would give up a promising career in law and medicine to become a minister of the gospel? See, what Abram and King understood was what you and I must understand. The God of creation has a plan and a vision for your life. Are, will you, are you willing to listen and obey? The word says, 
In Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Are you willing to follow the vision God has cast for you, even when you don't know how it's going to work out? But y'all are not like me. Sometimes I want to negotiate with God. Well, God, why don't we just try this over here before we go over there? I know you're not like that, but I'm God's still working with me, Judge Bell. He's still working with me. Watch this. God's vision for your life also involves other people. If we look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4 says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he left out of Haran. God God initiated visions always involves others. In verse 3, God told Abram, I will bless everyone that helps you along the way. In verse 4, Lot went with him and thus was blessed because he was with Abram. What do I mean? Later on in chapter 14, Abram, excuse me, Lot got kidnapped. He got taken away. All his possessions and everything. Guess who had to go after Lot? Abram had to go after Lot. He rescued Lot. Lot was blessed because he was with Abram. Likewise, folks, your family, your friends, and everyone around you is blessed when you are obedient and carry out God's plan for your life. The same is true for Dr. King. Our entire society, our entire world is a better place because Dr. King spoke up, stood up, and went to jail for people like us. Better yet, Matthew 25 and 40 puts it this way. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The reality of the situation is that many of us forget that our blessings that we receive are not just about us. It is about the people around us. If you are God focused, then you're less stressed. You're a better husband. You're a better Father, you are a better wife, you are a better mother, you are a better neighbor, you are just better at everything when you are focused on God. Some of us are so focused on our plans for retirement and life after we quit working as if God is focused on beaches and golf courses. He is not. And I say that, folks, not for anyone in particular. I say that because that's me. I'm a beach person. My wife's a golf person. But let me give you a 2A point here. Notice Abram's response was immediate. God said, go, Abram went. How many of us miss part of our blessing because we're busy negotiating with God and not stepping into what God has for us? 
How many times have you missed out because you were delayed and following through on what God told you? Let me put it another way. How much better off would all of us be if we started if we had started working on our relationship with God sooner? God told Abraham in chapter 15 that he would give him a son. Chapter 15, verse four reads this way. He says, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son in your own flesh and your own blood will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, you shall your so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited him as righteous. Watch this, though. What we know is later on, Sarah came away and said, you know what? The Lord ain't working fast enough. I need to help the Lord out. I need to fix this for my husband. So she told Abram, you're going to sleep with my servant, Hagar, and we're going to get you a son. Here's the question for you. How many of us got a Sarah in our life that we're listening to instead of listening to God? This was not God's plan. We have to be patient when we're waiting on God's plan. It's not done in our time, but it's done in his time. When we think about what's happening here, it's all about seeing clearly. Watch this, point number three. You can only see clearly if you're trying to impact others beyond material wealth. What am I saying? The life you should lead should have eternal value. You should be bringing others to Christ. Abraham, his name was changed from Abram in chapter 17 of uh, Genesis, was faithful because he followed God's command. He was obedient. Hebrews 8, 11 and 8 says it this way. By faith, when you were called to go to the place, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went. And even though he did not know where he was going, how many of us were willing to obey God even when we don't know the end result? Watch this, though. In verse number 12, it says, and so from this one man, as good as dead, had one foot in the grave, came descendants as numerous as the sky, as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So because one man obeyed, billions were blessed. Because Dr. King obeyed, and went into the ministry, led the civil rights movement, millions are no longer considered second-class citizens. See, some people believe that evangelism is just when you go on a mission trip and you go and you try to convince people to be Christ-like. And yes, that type of evangelism has its place and it is good, but I'm a firmer believer in that you should live like Christ. That's the best evangelism message there ever was. See, Matthew 5 and 16 puts it this way. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven. Because people would then see the God in you 
and say, how can I get that for myself? John 10, 10 says, I, the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. John 12 and 32 says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. How many of us are truly letting Christ be both Lord and Savior? Because if he's both Lord and Savior, we are obedient. We respond. But truth be told, we like the Savior part more than we like the Lord part. So we want to negotiate with the Lord when he gives us some instructions. But I know that's none of the saints in here. That's just Reverend Marlin's challenge. Just because, let me give you another bonus point here. Just because you embrace God's vision for your life doesn't mean you will be without problems. It means God will give you the wisdom, the knowledge, and the favor to overcome your problems. Everywhere Abraham went, he told people that Sarah was his sister because he was concerned that they would kill him because she was so beautiful. But watch this. God rescued him from all those situations, no matter how many times he told that lie. Dr. King has a similar story. Some of you may know that in 1958, Isola Curry plunged a pen knife in Dr. King's chest in a department store in Harlem, New York. It came within a fraction of an inch of his aorta. But God said, I still have a plan for you. Now is not your time. God is telling us that same message. He still has a plan for our life. Are we listening? To be totally transparent, it's been some tough months here. We've had too many home-going services over here at the Grove. The conversations with my mother have become difficult because she's got to tell me about who's sick, who's dying, or who has died. Last Sunday, my uncle's sister-in-law was funeralized. This Thursday, Barbara Newman had surgery for, gall for bladder cancer. And although the surgery went well, the news was not good. She is like a second mother to me. So I have been struggling. Some of you know what I've been struggling with because you're looking for a message from God in this moment to say, what is it, Lord, that you're trying to tell us? Because things are not settled. We appear to be on the, uh, under attack. I even thought, hmm, maybe this sermon is not my time. We didn't have two snow events. We were preparing for a third snow event. I started to call the pastor and say, you sure you didn't hear from the Lord? You sure I'm supposed to be up? Because the message that the Lord seems to be saying is Marlon needs to sit down. 
But the Lord said this to me. He said, look. And I'm looking around. I said, what do you mean? I'm looking. I'm paying attention. Lord, what are you talking about? He said, look. And I thought for a minute. I said, clearly, I, my vision is blurry, Lord. I don't see what you are talking about. And then I reflected on Sister Connie's mother's homegoing service. What's that reflection? Because Deacon Evans, Connie's mother, followed God's plan for her life, she was blessed. And everyone around her was blessed. There were countless testimonies of her impact on others because of the example she set. People were brought closer to God because she lived a life that was an example for others. Deacon Evans was quoted as saying, whether I live or whether I die, either way, I win. See, what I learned in that moment is Deacon Evans could see clearly. She embraced God's vision for her life. She blessed others as she was being blessed. And her life had an internal value because she lived like Christ. That is the story for us. That is the message for us. Can you see clearly now? See, if we look at Abraham, if we look at Dr. King, they embrace the vision that God had for their life. They didn't know in the beginning how it was all going to end, but they trusted God. So the message for me this week is, Marlon, can you see clearly now? Can you see that all you have to do is trust me. You don't know how all of this is going to work out, but be confident that I'm going to work it out for you. Just hang on in there a little while longer. Embrace the vision that I have for your life so that you can see clearly. And as you embrace that vision, bless others along the way. Live like Christ. Have some eternal value to your life. There is no greater message than that. Folks, can you see clearly now? If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray.
Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.